The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. China's research icebreaker, Shui Longtu, or Snow Dragon Two, has returned to Shanghai, marking the end of the country's 39th Antarctic expedition. Two icebreakers participated in the Antarctic expedition, with the Shui Long arriving in Shanghai several days earlier. This is the third time that China has sent two icebreakers to the Antarctic since the 36th polar expedition. The icebreakers embarked on the scientific trip in late October 2022, and travelled more than 60,000 nautical miles over the past 163 days. The trip involved a range of tasks, including research into global climate change, as well as the replenishment of materials and staff rotation at China's Zhongshan Station and Great Wall Station at the South Pole, with a total length of about 122 meters, a width of about 22 meters. A designed displacement of nearly fourteen thousand tons, and an endurance of twenty thousand nautical miles. Shui Long Two is China's first domestically built icebreaker for polar research. You're listening to Special English. An index. Of the operational health of China's small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, rose sharply in the first quarter, on the back of a package of stimulus policy measures. The Small and Medium Enterprises Development Index, which was calculated based on a survey. Of three thousand SMEs, edged up one point three points to eighty-nine point three in the first quarter, marking the highest increase since the fourth quarter of 2020. That's according to the results released by the China Association of Small and Medium Enterprises. The gauges of the eight industries included in the survey climbed in the first quarter, with the accommodation and catering sector, transportation, and computer software logging the biggest improvement. Meanwhile, eight sub-indexes also jumped, including business efficiency, market. And operations. Xi Ji, Secretary General of the China Association of Small and Medium Enterprises, said the improvement in the first quarter 
was due to the gradual resumption of production and stronger policy support. The survey by the association also shows that since the second half of last year, the country has increased investment in key projects which has brought new development opportunities to SMEs in the industrial chain and enhanced their confidence. This is Special English. World Athletics has announced the Marathon Race Walk Mixed Relay will make its Olympic debut at Paris 2024 with the qualification method to be unveiled shortly. The new event will replace the men's 50-kilometer race walk, which was first introduced at the Los Angeles Games in 1932, and join skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing and breakdancing as new events at the Games. 25 teams, each with one male and one female, who will alternate to finish a standard marathon distance of 42.195 kilometers, will compete on the same course as the individual 20-kilometer race walking events, a one-kilometer loop at the foot of the Eiffel Tower in central Paris. World Athletics CEO John Ridgen said this format is designed to be innovative, dynamic and unpredictable. World Athletics believes it will be easily understood by fans, will feature exciting competition and, importantly, it will ensure full gender equality across the Olympic track and field program for the first time. The adjustment makes the 48-event athletic program perfectly gender-balanced at Paris 2024, consisting of 23 for both men and women, and now two mixed events, the 4x400-metre and marathon racewalk. You're listening to Special English. Turkey's Mediterranean coast is expected to see a large number of tourists flowing in this summer, despite the devastating earthquakes in February. That's according to industry professionals. As temperatures rise, the Turkish Riviera, the southern part of the country, famed for its turquoise coast, and ancient heritage sites, is entering the start of its peak tourism season. Sector representatives reported a decline in reservations following the deadly February 6th earthquakes in the southeastern parts of Turkey, but they said things are returning to normal. According to Burhan Sili, Chair of the Alanya Touristic Hoteliers Association, last year's favourable data on foreign arrivals and revenue 
have given them hope this year at the start of the summer season. The country's statistical authority announced in January that Turkey's tourism income in 2022 saw an all-time high, jumping to 46.3 billion US dollars with 51 million foreign visitors. Sili said that demand dropped in the aftermath of the devastating tremors, but then picked up in a couple of weeks, making a full recovery. Alanya, a main tourist destination on the Mediterranean coast, saw a 55% increase in foreign tourist arrivals in the first three months of this year, compared to the same period last year. That's according to figures released by the local governate in early April. Sili said tourists from Russia and European countries, especially Germany and Britain, will make up a large share of the arrivals. He added that overall, they estimate that they will close the 2023 season with a better performance than 2022 in terms of the number of arrivals and revenue. You're listening to Special English. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context to gain There was no better wine and not to mention... Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Are you one of the many looking to improve your English language skills by watching films or TV shows but feel it's too fast or get lost in the words? Well, slow things down with Special English, where you can polish your reading, listening, and pronunciation at your own pace. Get caught up with current news and international affairs while getting your daily English lesson with us. Find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for Special English. Listening to Special English. Romeo et Juliette and Titanic are among the first foreign musicals to return to Shanghai after China optimized its COVID 19 response measures and resumed approval for foreign commercial performances. The French musical Romeo et Juliette will be performed at Shanghai Culture Square from May 29th to June the 11th and Titanic will be performed from October the 11th to 15th.
Fei Yuanhong, Vice General Manager of Shanghai Culture Square, a venue known for musical performances, said they contacted their foreign partners immediately after the resumption of approval for overseas performances. He said, in the near future, audiences will be treated to even more world-class musicals. The musical Romeo et Juliette, based on William Shakespeare's timeless classic, premiered in France in 2001 and made its China debut at the Culture Square in 2012. Titanic made its maiden voyage to Shanghai in 2019, 22 years after its Broadway debut in 1997. The musical version of Titanic, based on Peter Stone's book and music and lyrics by Maury Yeston, is more a reflection of real history than the film version, which focused on a love story. The creators used the real names and social status of ship passengers to show the very different reactions of people from various classes in the face of tragedy. Aside from the two foreign musicals, Culture Square's 2023 performance season will include a Chinese original musical, French concerts, and an Israeli drama that will include three plays, The Superfluous Man, The Dibuk, and Hamlet. The eight-hour play, And Quiet Flows the Don, based on Russian author Mikhail Sholokov's four-volume epic novel, will return to Culture Square in December. The play, performed by St. Petersburg's Master Skaya Theatre, depicts Cossack life during World War I, the Russian Revolution, and the Russian Civil War. Sholokov was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1965 for the novel. Angelo del Vecchio, the Italian singer who plays Quasimodo in the French musical Notre Dame de Paris, will perform in a French musical gala concert at Culture Square in September. In addition, Culture Square will stage two poetic dance performances, The Journey of a Legendary Landscape Painting and Dongpo. Both are influenced by the culture and literati of China's Song Dynasty, which ruled from 960 to 1279. The Journey of a Legendary Landscape Painting is based on Song Dynasty painter Wang Ximeng's painting A Panorama of Rivers and Mountains. Dongpo focuses on the life and work of Song Dynasty poet, calligrapher, painter, statesman and gastronome Su Dongpo. The production's chief director, scriptwriter, and visual designer is renowned choreographer Shen Wei.
Other shows recommended for Culture Square's 2023 season include Liaoning Ballet's epic symphony ballet Spartacus, Tao Dance Theatre's numerical series 13 and 14, Ireland's National Treasure performance River Dance, and a New Year's concert by Italian choir Piccolo Coral Den Anatoliano from December the 30th to January the 1st. You're listening to Special English. Zhou Chuan Satellite Launch Center, which is currently China's only site for launching manned spacecraft into orbit, is looking to tap into the burgeoning commercial market by offering more services and stronger capabilities. Located in northwest China's Gobi Desert, the launch center has carried out numerous space missions since its establishment in 1958. It frequented media headlines for launching Chinese space station Taikonauts over the past two years. But staff members at the inland site are also working hard to support commercial launches, just as they have done in the state programs. It has witnessed at least three successful commercial launches this year, and the newly launched carrier rocket, TL2Y1, is the latest example of the site's efforts to serve private space companies. In the light of the growing demand, the launch hub has taken the lead to build a handful of new facilities for multiple types of commercial spacecraft, including a new liftoff field for liquid oxygen methane launch vehicles and one more pad for solid fuel rockets. For testing and launching cryogenic liquid rockets, Zhou Chuan has also set up a team of professionals who have mastered technologies like fast and automatic propellant filling. Construction on the country's first launch site dedicated to commercial missions began in the island province of Hainan last year. This is Special English. Around one in every six adults experiences infertility. That's according to a new World Health Organization report that calls for an urgent increase in fertility care access. The WHO estimates that around 17.5% of adults worldwide are affected by infertility at some point in their lives, with little variation between regions and wealthy and poorer countries. The report analyzes existing studies conducted from 1990 to 2021, finding that in high-income countries, 17.8% of adults were affected by infertility during their lifetime. 
That compares to 16.5% in low and middle income countries. In the foreword to the report, WHO Chief Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said the report, the first of its kind in a decade, highlighted an important truth, which is that infertility does not discriminate. Designating the issue a major health challenge globally, the WHO chief said that infertility affects millions, adding, even still it remains understudied and solutions underfunded and inaccessible to many, as the results of high costs, social stigma and limited availability. Pascal Alotte, head of the WHO's Sexual and Reproductive Health and Research Division, also raised the stigma associated with infertility and the inequity in access to treatment. She said procreation comes with a significant societal pressure, pointing out that in many countries, Pregnancy remains critical to the perception of womanhood and of a couple. She added that failure is often met with stigma, noting that people with infertility often suffered anxiety and depression. Alote warned that there is also an increased risk of intimate partner violence associated with infertility, as relationships are tested. The WHO is calling on countries to include infertility treatment as part of their reproductive health policies, services and financing in a bid to promote safe, effective and affordable ways to attain parenthood. This is Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. World Athletics has announced the Marathon Race Walk Mixed Relay will make its Olympic debut at Paris 2024, with the qualification method to be unveiled shortly. The new event will replace the men's 50-kilometre race walk, which was first introduced at the Los Angeles Games in 1932 and joined skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing and breakdancing as new events at the Games. Twenty-five teams, each with one male and one female, who will alternate to finish a standard marathon distance of 42.195 kilometres, will compete on the same course as the individual 20-kilometre race walking events a one-kilometre loop at the foot of the Eiffel Tower in central Paris. World Athletics CEO John Ridgen said this format is designed to be innovative, dynamic and unpredictable. World Athletics believes it will be easily understood by fans, will feature exciting competition and, importantly, it will ensure full gender equality across the Olympic track and field programme for the first time. 
The adjustment makes the 48-event athletic programme perfectly gender-balanced at Paris 2024, consisting of 23 for both men and women, and now two mixed events, the 4x400m and marathon race walk. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.